Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Words, Women, and Wisdom radio show, streaming live from BBS Radio TV in California to global audiences and appearing on the social interactive podcasting platform, Podopolo. I'm delighted today to bring forward a guest seasoned in business, Marilyn Suttle, who is the CEO, CVP, and customer service expert, and she will be my guest today talking about a really timely and interesting topic. And we're going to be looking at this topic of how to, let's just go down a little bit further, lead during COVID for customer retention. So Marilyn, are you on the line with me? I'm here, Yvonne. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. So I'll do your formal intro in just a moment. For those guests who are new to listening to the Words, Women, and Wisdom show, if you have a pen handy, the beauty of this show is it's live streamed. So you actually get to connect with the expert, our interesting guest. So jot this number down so you can dial in with your questions. You can either use one 888 which should work from North America and Canada, or you can dial direct at 323-744-4831. And I will repeat those, those numbers a little bit further into the interview as well. So for those who haven't been part of our show before, I'm Yvonne Silver, Yvonne E.L. Silver, your show host, and my mission is uplifting the spirit of humanity. And I do that big job by showcasing women leaders and visionaries who are making an impact on a global level. And in 2021 in particular, intrigued to connect with those who have even added to their business and added on a social enterprise passion or a mission-inspired business element to their adventures. So today I'm delighted to welcome Marilyn. I am intrigued to have a conversation with Marilyn because my background is actually a corporate leader in eight high-growth startups. And I worked at one point as a VP in a global consulting firm that was supporting Fortune 500 companies, some of Marilyn's uh, same uh, clients as well. Maybe not the same companies, but Fortune 500 companies that she supports as well. So I'm bringing together to this conversation a business mindset plus entrepreneurial wisdom gained over the past 10 years. And in 25 years of business success, now I teach women to flourish in business by mastering their leadership voice, by elevating their confidence and their value proposition. And I do that through this radio show, through speaking, through group programs, coaching, mentoring, and events, and also through sharing my book, best-selling book, Words, Women, and Wisdom, The Modern Art, of Confident Conversations, hosting my radio show and podcast, and also bringing forward my Certified Executive Coach designation to all of my conversations as a Chartered HR professional and Reiki practitioner as well, trained in emotional intelligence. So it's going to be a really interesting conversation because Marilyn, Marilyn comes to us with a deep background in customer service. She knows how to come overcome adversity and come back stronger. And after the World Trade Center attack, terrible tragedy, um, obviously, in, in um, 2001, 9-11, um, 
her speaking business took a nosedive and she was, you know, taking um, her from her six-figure income to a devastating, you know, four-figure income. And so she learned very rapidly how a series, series of subtle shifts, gosh, that's a mouthful, I need more coffee, a series of subtle shifts um, has enabled her to reinvent her business and bounce back. So that's where we're going with this conversation today of being able to flex in change and leading through COVID for customer retention. Now, if you haven't met Marilyn yet, um, there's nothing subtle <laughs> about Marilyn Subtle. <laughs> She's an internationally recognized customer and team engagement speaker. She's been featured on TV news in national print, and she works with organizations who want to stand out as a provider of choice. And I'm also going to talk about being an employer of choice throughout this conversation as well. So she works with leaders who want teams to, their teams to create lasting customer relationships, people who want to work well together because teamwork, as you know, makes the dream work. And her engaging programs show virtual audiences now because we're all in COVID and not much is happening on the live stages, how to make subtle shifts that's her brand, Subtle Shifts, I love that, for breakthrough success using relationship-strengthening practices and growth mindsets. So she is a virtual presenter, certified virtual presenter, certified experiential trainer, and she's also a major publisher, um, co-author for books that are featuring um, Singapore Airlines, Chicken Soup for the Soul, and she's also been listed on Global Guru's top 30 customer service worldwide speakers list for the past three years. Welcome, Marilyn. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad I'm here, too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it interesting how this virtual stage has now allowed us to step into some new arenas? And I believe it's actually opening doors for many speakers that typically would only get to work locally. So I'm really intrigued to dive in. I'm curious to hear about what started you on this path with your passion for customer service excellence. Can we start there, perhaps? Sure. Well, when I was growing up, my father owned a, a little bar down the corner from where we lived, and he was a real likable guy. Um, when he died, I was only 14, and there, there were so many people at his funeral that I didn't know. And they all had these wonderful things to say about him. They were his customers, and they were his employees. And it really struck me. My dad was a service-minded person. I mean, everything he did was to make things shine for other people. And it struck me that even though he was gone, his customers, were coming and telling story after story of how he affected their life. What we do, how we treat each other, the kindnesses that we show last longer than we do. And mm -hmm. with that impression as a 14-year-old, customer service became second nature. I saw it growing up. That was the family business, and then I brought it into my business and everything I do. Mm. That, that um, obviously was a, a tragedy moment that you've now, through years of, of um, ex 
experience has turned into a, a triumph story because you're now out there working with leaders to keep their relationships strong with customers. Um, this topic of remote working with employees is a big a big piece, um, which we'll talk about today as well. Mm-hmm. And now you're educating them on creating ways to keep those engaging connections happen because obviously we know that you know with the world um, many businesses are struggling to survive right now customer retention is absolutely key we know that there are statistics out there that show that it costs something like seven or eight times the um, the cost to find a new customer than it does to actually retain our existing customers and one of the key ways that we can do that is how our customers are treated on a daily basis, isn't it? It absolutely is. And with COVID, everything kind of turned on its ear. And the way we used to treat customers and take care of business, it's all different now. And so people are scrambling to make their businesses viable and working. And on top of that, to find a new way to handle new customers. Because even if you think of yourself as a customer and those listening, as you are a customer, you probably say that you've changed the way that you do business with companies. It's, there's this sense of, as a customer, I want people to make me feel safe and I want people to make things easy. And I've gotten used to some new things like curbside service and overnight shipping. And so the expectations of our customers have changed at the same time that as a business owner, you're scrambling to keep your business viable and working. And your internal staff, they're all working from home, which is a whole new animal for so many people. Mm. Well, I had a hosted in December a virtual summit, a one-day virtual summit, and Mm -hmm. you and I met through the Evolutionary Business Council, which also has some amazing transformational leaders who are around the globe um, members. And I actually had Sharon Saylor, who you and I both know, talking also about body language and how you show up on camera. And that Mm -hmm. was a really interesting conversation. I'm going to have a comeback for the February Virtual Summit as well, because it's so interesting. We, we used to be, as you said, you know, having a handshake across the table. Now we're doing business virtually. So what are some of the keys that you've learned for how to easily transition to something that was very personal, to something that's now remote and still very personal, so that we can actually elevate our customer connections? That's a great question because as human beings, we crave connection. And if you're used to in-person service, being on the phone or chatting, it doesn't quite cut it, especially if you're looking at big contracts that you're wanting from a client. So just as uh, Sharon Saylor teaches you how body posture on camera works, I often talk, well, I talk to global companies about how do you connect with your team and customers via Zoom or Teams or WebEx or any of these kind of features. And one of the most important things you could do is to know how to create that eye contact so that they feel like they, they were being seen. And it's it might seem like, well, they don't need that. But we're all human beings. We all need to be seen. And even if it's not with eye contact, it's with the way you talk with them, the way you reach out. 
And we, a lot of people have lost customers because the connection broke. So mm. getting back into their stream, social media has become really important. If you are an expert, making sure that you have articles out there on LinkedIn, that you're posting, and not a grab-grab post where you're asking for business, asking for business, but where you're being of value, where you're maybe making YouTube videos that show how your product works and why they need it, and being really clever about reinventing the way you do business. Just like, well, even with me, I was a speaking, you know, I'd get on a plane and go speak to a company. Now I get on Zoom, I just got a contract to talk to 3,000 employees, um, and I'll be doing it over Zoom. <laughs> so it's changed. Mm. Well, even I was talking with another expert recently about YouTube. And, mm -hmm. you know, if, if that is a, a medium that makes sense to showcase your product, depending on what size, you know, what size of product it is, the, you know, the, the use, etc. Um, just even the labeling of the, the video, if you have how to dot, 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 and what it is that is the problem that that product solves, that just that alone, the titling of the video, how to will elevate the number of views. So it'll get circulated much quicker because it's a how to video. So Absolutely, and you need your brand out there. So if you have a product and you, people want to know how do you use it, how do you troubleshoot it, and they don't want to read manuals and they don't want to work hard to find the answers, and maybe they don't even want to talk to you, they don't want to call because it's not always easy to get a human being. So if you do, like you were saying, how to, and you show the product being opened from the box and used and why you need it, and all of those type of uh, specifics where you're just giving them a, you know, a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, okay, now I could do that. I know there's not anything as far as my home repair that I don't go to YouTube to see how to do it before <laughs> you look at a manual. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know that um, you know, we probably have quite a few um, male listeners today, and I think it's fairly well known, you know, if we you know, watch, you know, Tim the Tool Time, you know, Tim Taylor, the Tool Time Taylor guy, mm -hmm. you know, many years ago. Um, it's just generally not something that that um, many people like to do, especially men, read manuals. So mm -hmm. if there's a how-to video, <laughs> that's right. absolutely. That's right, they want it And this is a trend for all of us. We want things fast. We want it without friction. We want it, um, you know, to be easy, and we want to look good. So... And this is where, if you look at the larger companies, they're using um, artificial intelligence to put little chips in our refrigerators and our cars and our dishwashers that tell the company when there's a problem before we even notice it. So that's a level of customer service that's out there right now, um, adapting to the tech that's available. And even small companies can be using data collection of different sorts to Look at the feedback and see what do your customers really need. What do the data show? Mm -hmm. Yeah, talking about this topic of artificial intelligence, it's so interesting how that's being brought into business. Um, even myself, last year, I mean, it was a it was a COVID shock year. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> was adapting and adjusting, and I looked and I said, "Yep, my executive coach certification is now you know from ten years ago." Obviously, I've continued to enhance those skills through coaching you know, hundreds and hundreds of people in that time. 
And what else can I bring to my customers that is new, innovative, and is going to help them be thriving in business? So I looked around and I found a really cool tool which has an artificial intelligence platform underneath it and it's all about helping to have more collaborative, connected conversations because it's based on the, the personality science and the science of why people buy. Um, so intriguing. And to be able to go to you know, LinkedIn, for example, click one button and have the AI tell me a little bit more about the personality code of somebody before I even call is just magical. I mean, it's absolutely. It's even when you're watching a streaming service, they use AI to show you what you'll probably like to see next. I mean, it's everywhere right now. And uh, as a smaller, medium-sized business, you may not have the the budget for some of the bigger things, but you do have the budget for things like apps that make your customers' life easier. And right. uh, the one, you know, I really feel for the small to medium-sized businesses right now because they were hit so hard. And the one upside is because they're smaller, they don't have as much – I mean, they can make changes quicker, right? They don't have the legacy software that's all over the world, and they could make shifts a little bit quicker than a larger corporation. corporation. So there's an advantage from that standpoint. Yeah, being nimble for sure. And, um, you know, I'm certainly able to speak to that topic from you know, being in a corporate global company at the local level as a local VP and then also as an entrepreneur for you know, eight, eight different startups now, um, you know, it, that, that ability to take into consideration what your customer told you last week and instantly recognize and acknowledge that you heard them and you're going to do something about it. And that's one of the three things that I teach where, with women in particular you know, how to build trust in the workplace. And there was some great um, data provided by Center for Creative Leadership a while ago, three PhD women who identified that there's three key things. They all begin with C, which is why they're really easy to remember. So if women can show competence, first of all, mm-hmm. so we always are able to do the job that we're given and do it extremely well, consistency, and the other one is caring. So if someone tells us something to make sure that we acknowledge that we've heard them and we care enough to actually do something with that feedback. So we're, you know, when because of what you shared with us, now we're able to implement X, Y, Z. Or you may not be able to implement the whole thing, but at least to be able to say, we can't do everything right now, but here's what we can do. And from a customer standpoint, there's nothing that customers love more than knowing that their ideas are being heard and there's a way to make the product even better, they will love you even more. Have you experienced that too? Absolutely. That old adage is true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They want you to, they want to feel they can trust you. And as you're talking about those C's, um, it strikes me that there are four customer expectations that Gallup has outlined that deal with trust. And if you want your long-term customers to stay long-term customers and your new ones to come, there's four rungs, and the bottom rung is accuracy. If you don't get it right, if you make a mistake up front, if you say you're going to do one thing and something else happens, if the product's supposed to be strong and then it breaks, um, that accuracy, the trust is broken. 
And so this is the same even like on your website. I, is the information accurate or do they click a link and the link is dead? And they're like, hmm, they're not going to get this right. This happened to me. I needed somebody to do a small thing on my website, and I was given a name. So I went to um, click on set an appointment, and it was a 15-minute appointment. And it came into my calendar as a 45-minute appointment. And I thought, if they can't get that right, they probably aren't going to do my job right. So I, I didn't even keep the appointment. So accuracy mm. right up front. Yeah. That's the bottom rung. Yeah. The next level is availability. Can they reach you? Can they, if they need a human, can they get a human? <laughs> Does it take forever to get a response? And you had mentioned this too. People want to know that they matter. So accuracy first, then availability. Can I get what I want from you in a, a timely manner? And if only if those two things go right do you get to the next rung. These are the what they call dissatisfiers. These are the things that lose customers. If you don't get accuracy and availability right on a consistent basis, your company's in shaky ground. But if you do get those, if you've got systems in place and people trained and you've got yourself committed to those two rungs, then you go up to the, th the third rung, which is partnership. And you think, partnership, what's that? Well, what that means is they, a customer feels like you truly have their best interest at heart, that you're going to give them the right advice, that if you don't have what they need, you'll recommend them to someone else. And those are the kind of companies that I really admire. You know, when COVID hit, um, Burger King put out an ad, and it said, go get yourself a McDonald's hamburger. And like, it's really big, and we're like, what? Burger King just did that? And then if you keep reading and says, go get a Wendy's and get a Kentucky Fried Chicken too. And, if you, and stop by us as well. Support your local restaurants. They need you. And I'm telling you, I haven't had a Whopper. I haven't had a, a Burger King in a year. No, a couple years. And uh, made me want to go there because it, it felt like they had the best interest of all in mind. So that's mm -hmm. the third one. And then... If you get all three of those down, the final one is they see you as a pillar of advice. If they need advice, they go to you. You're the person. And too often we think, well, I've got, I'm so smart. I'm a thought leader in what I do, or I'm, you know, my company's the best at this, so we have advice handled. But if you have advice handled, but everything underneath you is shaky, you're going to tumble down. So those are the four customer expectations that build trust and lasting relationships. Mm. That is um, clearly from your depth of wisdom as a customer service expert. <laughs> and, you know, virtual engagement strategies are helping, you know, leaders and teams work well together um, so that they can serve their customers in these uncertain times in more reliable and repeatable ways because everything that you're sharing here is very much about systems um, mm -hmm. and when we when we look at different personality types and codes there's actually one code in particular that loves to have systems and structure and processes um, and I know that that's something that isn't my strength. You know, I'm a people person. Mm -hmm, <laughs> so <me too. laughs> um, there, there's definitely been a focus even uh, 
kind of last fall as I prepared for that virtual summit to get some some systems in place because I knew that I wanted to host um, a two-day one this spring and I needed mm-hmm. to make sure I had a way to transfer information easily to my co-host, to my EA, and we're getting a little bit of background. I'm not sure what that's about, but hopefully that's not too distracting. And it makes a huge difference if it's systemized and consistent and people know what to expect. As you shared with your experience looking at the website, it does make a difference. And that, I think, is one of the keys for um, smaller entrepreneurs. When they're being nimble, make sure that you're aware what the ripple-down effect is. If you change one thing, it's going to impact, and now something else is outdated. So you have to follow Mm -hmm, the thread. That's correct. (laughs) Well, and just as you talk about these codes and, and personality styles, and this goes not only for your customers but for your employees. And this is something that's it breaks people's hearts because they're working remotely and they're isolated. And now where before if they had a problem, they could just walk to the next desk and ask somebody for help, it feels awkward to how do I reach out? You know, I don't want to bother people. It, it, depending on their style, maybe they have no problem. They'll just go in and ask. But what what's happening is that disconnection is hurting the overall function of business, which eventually what happens on the inside shows up on the outside eventually. So if things aren't running smoothly inside, customers will be affected. And so let's say you have 100 Maybe you have 100 remote workers. Maybe you have two remote workers or 1,000. You need to look at how do you keep them connected. Are you getting on live Zoom or Teams to see them and do some activities like you would if you were in person? That A simple huddle once, you know, once a day for 10 minutes to get everybody on the same page or once a week for a half an hour where people can – feel like they still belong to a team and have, you know, I do breakout sessions with teams so that they can just simply have time to talk and catch up with each other with very, you know, not an agenda that they have to do anything silly, but just what's new, what's good, what are you working on? And that makes a huge difference in productivity and connection and the ability to feel comfortable to reach out, especially for new hires who don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, I used to used to be working uh, in senior HR roles. So I, I interviewed and hired about 6,000 people in my career. And I have mm-hmm. to say that, that that first day is so, so important. I used to you know, always recommend for my clients, HR consulting clients, you know, have a checklist. <laughs> Make sure that you have that first day nailed down tightly because – it's such an important thing that the new employee arrives. They don't know anybody. They don't know anything. Well, often they don't. Um, and so if they arrive and their desk isn't ready, they don't have a phone that works, there's no way that they can easily figure out how to use that phone system, even to dial their, their husband or wife at lunchtime and check in, um, mm-hmm. or to be able to attend you know, team meetings. They don't know how they're going to get there, where to look. All of those things are so impactful on an employee that's brand new being able to walk away from their first day and say, yeah, I felt productive. I felt a part of the team right away. And I always used to suggest getting a buddy, you know, buddy up with someone that's been around the organization for a little while, who's got a positive attitude and likes to mentor people and make sure that they're paired up. So they always have at least one person that they're not Mm -hmm. 
shy to reach out to because it it does make a massive difference. And I think when you and I talked uh, previous to this interview, we were talking about the importance of having customer, uh, having employees so rock solid and so engaged because they are the front line dealing with your customers. And it's such an important element that they have all the tools and resources that they need to be successful so they can then serve the customers in this really critical time where we absolutely have to focus on customer retention. Yeah, so if you want customer retention, you need employee retention. And you want, you want to keep the good ones, not the bad ones. Too often we ignore the internal customers, our employees, to take care of external matters, and all the good ones leave because they can and the bad ones stay. So, so yes, you're absolutely right. You need to make sure your people have the tools they need, the systems they need, the resources they need. But here's the other thing, the appreciation they need. And yes. while some people can thrive without a lot of appreciation, most people do their best when their best is acknowledged. And there's a path for them to keep growing. So this is where... You, in your role, you were, you know, that top elite world-class type of leader because you made sure from the very start of onboarding, people felt like, I belong here. This is where I belong. I'm being, this, this is the right environment for me. We need a culture in every company where that's the way we do things, where it's ingrained so that it's not just one really good manager, but that all managers have clear expectations of how to treat these internal customers. Mm-hmm. Well, I did have an ulterior motive, Marilyn. My motive was when I first got involved with interviewing and hiring, I was working for a high-growth uh, startup, and it was when uh, when PCs first came onto the desktop, so many years ago, and there mm-hmm. wasn't that many talented people. So I really had to work quite hard to be recruiting to begin with. So mm-hmm. I, I sure didn't want them to derail after the first day because they didn't get, they didn't get treated well and welcomed into the organization because that would just double my workload. <laughs> so the initial part as employee number six for one company that um, ended up uh, eventually getting sold to a subsidiary of Bell Canada, so a very successful company, um, the um, the first few months were about bringing people on, but very rapidly realizing, oh, there's no uh, employee practices in place. There's nothing to have, you know, great employee relations. There's no um, employee handbook. There's no um, structure in place to support them continuing to grow and expand and be successful. And in the IT world, a lot of times we have brilliant minds who get bumped into a project leader role, but they don't have the leadership capacity yet. They haven't learned the people skills to manage teams. Mm. They've got the technical skills. And so I think your comment about leadership is so timely. What else have you learned about how great leaders are showing up and what what can we do a little differently, a little more of, a little more succinctly that will help with that customer retention and doing that through employee retention and engagement? Well, the number one thing a leader can do is to set clear expectations and manage perceptions because the customer's perception matters more than the truth. They Mm -hmm. might perceive that you're late when the truth is you're early, 
but there was you know they they just didn't understand the process that uh, because it wasn't clear up front how long something would take so they think oh why isn't it here overnight and where you sped everything up so they got it in super time and they but you didn't manage the expectations so they would know how long something would take so Here's my definition. I, I heard this definition and held on to it forever because it's so true, whether you're a customer or an employee. But an upset person is a person who has an expectation that isn't being met. So an right. upset customer simply has an expectation that's not met. An upset employee had an expectation that isn't met. So to remove the drama, because we don't want that drama, um, manage the expectation, anticipate and manage so that everyone has the same perception. Mm. I, I think that's so important. I mean, this whole, you know, team leader, director, whatever the leadership title is, for their direct reports to have that clear line of sight to mm-hmm. hear the overarching company values, the mission, what we've shared with our customers. You know, it's written on the reception wall. <laughs> this is how we treat people. Um, which is really about branding, right, living into a brand, and what the customer experience is, and making sure that that is not just for external-facing customers, but it is lived and breathed inside the organization as well. And if the the company says, yeah, we value our people, well, let's make sure we're not asking them to work, you know, (laughs) a 24-hour day too often, um, and, and really honoring and role modeling as leaders that this is what we mean by work-life balance. This is what we mean by taking care of our employees. We are going to have a daily huddle. We are going to, you know, periodically ship out some, you know, thank you gifts unexpectedly. We're going to do the things that are clear expectations. We're also going to go above and beyond by delighting them with things that we can surprise them with, which is where the extra element comes in. And, you know, Daniel Pink did some great work around this a while ago in his um, best-selling book where he talks about the surprising truth that really about what really motivates us and mm-hmm. as long as the employee has that clear line of sight and they're working purposefully they um, they have autonomy so they know what they're doing and they know what their their uh, range of accountability is and they have a, a chance to get mastery and really deep dive and be a subject matter expert you will have happy employees and if you go the extra mile as the leader to make sure that they have those clear expectations and also when performance review time comes around, if you're in a large organization, any leader listening, please make sure that those are things that are priority scheduled, that employees don't have to come to you and say, when am I having my employee review? <laughs> because it just sends volumes. It says volumes about how much you really value their contribution if you can't make time in the calendar for that important review that they're waiting for. Mm-hmm. And as you say that, it, it strikes me, I have a very, very good friend who was just brilliant at her job. And so her boss said, well, I'm going to skip your review this year. You know you're great. Well, that was so demotivating she found a new job. You know, so it, you're, at, you're spot on with that. And as you were saying in talking about culture and values and all of these these things you put in place, when COVID hit, the thing that rattled a lot of leaders is uncertainty and how you handle uncertainty. And 
that's where stressors really pop in and derail everything. So the phrase to hold on to, this is the phrase that pays, is to adapt ease with uncertainty. If you could have the mindset where you could have ease with uncertainty, then you're going to be able to ride out, look for the opportunities in the difficult times. Um, our colleague friend, yours and mine, from the conference we just went to, Colin, um, came up with a brilliant idea when his business got rattled by the COVID change. He thought, well, what do my customers want that they don't even know they want right now? And he created these luxury boxes. You can't go on a vacation, but you can have a box for $400 sent to your house that has an entire Italy experience in it or a French experience or a Mexican experience with the food and the wine and the whatever you need. And it was something that has really tied it over his business because he found a way of appealing to today's needs. And so yeah. with the uncertainty, asking yourself, well, Maybe how I'm doing, how I did business up till this point isn't going to work the way it did last time. My, my numbers are dropping because people can't do business the way they used to. What, how can I serve in a new way that's still within our brand that customers would be excited about? Yeah. Well, it used to be that the uh, Center for Creative Leadership, I think, was the group that, um, they may, they might not have coined the term, but they certainly um, introduced it to the corporate arena of VUCA, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And mm. then how that has shifted now to, to being in a, a rupt world, R-U-P-T, so rapid, unpredictable, paradoxical, and tangled. <laughs> so, <laughs> as leaders, you know, we, we do need to focus on how do we build this culture of agility, first of all, how do we build the culture of trust with our staff? And as leaders, how do we show up with that very delicate balance of being compassionate and caring mm -hmm. and still strong leaders when we don't have all the answers? We don't know what's going to happen next month, the month after. We don't know whether the business is or isn't going to be making profits and the shareholders are going to be happy. We just don't have that information, that insight yet. So what can we share with employees? Well, we can share the things that matter to them. And mostly when employees go through change, I, I saw this through oh, five years of merger and acquisition experience, mm -hmm. but when something changes externally, um, in the back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that bottom layer, people go to their safe place. So mm -hmm. how does this impact me is the big question that bubbles up right away. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. How's that going to impact me? Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose my income? Are my hours going to change? Am I going to have to work twice as hard? You know, how does that impact me? <laughs> and so right. if we can address that as leaders and put that worry to rest, then mm -hmm. they can now step into being more productive because they're not worrying about that first safety level. They're, they're able to move past that and get back to doing their job and serving the customers without that internal focus spiraling out of control. I love that. Yeah, alleviating worries. And there are four major stressors, that, and different people have different stressors, that, that they act to their worst when these things happen, especially you know, our customers, but also us as leaders. Um, loss of control rejection, conflict, and getting things wrong. 
Those are the mm-hmm. four biggest stressors, and everybody has one that's particularly theirs. And so if you have an um, employee that feels a loss of control because they can't have access to things or an employee who, who just can't stand conflict and they avoid it like the plague and they won't tell you there's a problem, um, you have to look at all four stressors and ask yourself, how can I make it safe for my employees or my customers who have these feelings to feel to be heard in a way that's safe and in a way that's effective? And one example for loss of control. So now people feel with COVID, I can't, you know, they still have to go to the doctor, but they're scared. Um, so you could give them control. Uh, one thing could be you could wait in your car and we'll call you when it's time to come in. Or we have seats six feet apart in the waiting room. So now I have a choice. That it's like, ah. So the person who has that loss of control now has gained control because even if it's a small choice, it's a choice. Um, if you have an employee who is conflict-adverse or even a leader who's conflict-adverse, right, and it's just afraid to say that, just the way you frame the conversation so that they feel safe in bringing, I really want to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. This will help us as a team to help each other. Now, all of a sudden, that person who's afraid to say something feels a little safer to say it. So the, looking at those four stressors is a big part of leadership. Yeah. Well, I, I learned fairly early on in my career. I was actually doing a, a telesales job very, very early, 16, 17 um, and I had uh, I had some angry customer experiences, <laughs> and what I learned was, you know, when when customers are angry and upset, if you ask them questions, and I don't mean like you know things that are going to aggravate the situation, but you ask them questions and give them a choice of one or two things, the the their brain has to stop so that they think and they answer the question, so all the blood is you know pumping to the prefrontal cortex and it will <laughs> diminish their anger because they now have to think about what you're offering them and pick one of the two or three choices. Probably two is better because mm-hmm. you know, the confused mind says no. Um, yes, that's or it right. Might just aggravate them even more. But choices are so important, aren't they, to give people that feeling of control. Exactly. It's that pattern interrupt. And we could do that for ourselves too because you can be the best leader in the world and you're going to have moments where you're, the str- you're in stress and you're in, you know, that uh, inability to move forward because you're just kind of, you know, you go into that stunned fight or flight moment. And I remember, you know, I've heard a million times people say, take a deep breath, count to 10, and it's like, gag. I mean, that, yeah, 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 I've heard that advice a million times. But then I heard, I was interviewing um, a doctor who was explaining how the brain actually works and that when you're under stress, uh, the frontal lobe where all the logic is gets shut down and, and the stomach is shut down. Everything goes toward fight or flight in your brain and in your body. You're filled with cortisol and you don't have access to that part. But when you breathe slowly in and then slowly out, a stressed body doesn't breathe like that. So what happens is it reactivates the frontal lobe. And when you're counting, you're also adding the logic back. 
And so when I heard that, it's like, oh, that makes sense. That's why you count to 10, and that's why you breathe. That To me, that's good. I, I don't like the trade advice that doesn't <laughs> give you the why, but when I understand the why, I can embrace it. And I think most employees are like that too, most customers as well. Absolutely. When we understand why, um, you know, back, back to Daniel Pink's work, it's about that clear line of sight from here's the mission statement and here's why we're going to handle it with this process because this gives the customer X, Y, Z, which is in alignment with our, our customer promise, meeting their expectations. That mm-hmm. is when they feel more purposeful because they can see, even if they feel like they're a very small cog in a very big wheel, when they know how their small cog contributes to all the other cogs that ultimately serve the customer, then they can you know, go home at the end of the day saying, yes, I made a difference today. Not only did yeah. I uh, feed my family and get a paycheck, but I actually made a difference. And the more customer-facing you are, obviously, the closer you are to the front line to feel that interaction. So this is a really interesting conversation. For those who are listening, um, we will be sharing a couple of gifts from Marilyn at the end of the interview. So don't go anywhere, even if you're listening, uh, if you're on mountain time like me, if you're listening during your lunch hour, don't go yet. And just remember, we do have the ability for you to dial in if you have questions. I know Marilyn is being super clear with some fantastic examples practical examples from her wealth of experience and years of focusing on having high customer service experiences. So the dial-in number for questions, while you can take advantage of Marilyn's time, is one 627 or 323-744-4831. So, Marilyn, um, I'm interested in particular as well about women and women leaders. And so I had a couple of questions around that. I'm curious Mm -hmm. to get your perspective on what do women leaders in particular do or say that can diminish their authority or what they can do or say to elevate it in our current context with COVID and leadership? Well, there's two words women really need to work on not saying that diminish their leadership ability. And the first word is just. I just need a few minutes of your time. No, I need a few minutes of your time. As soon as you add the just, it makes you look weaker, softer, under, rather than going in to do the work you need to do. So get rid of the word just. And the other word is don't keep apologizing. You know, as we, oh, we bump into a wall and say, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? I've done it myself. It's like, and I think we were conditioned from childhood to just be meek and mild, and and we need to take that warrior woman inside, and not to be rough and hard. We could keep our femininity, but own our power, own our the the gift that the feminine energy has is connection, of true listening, of being able to collaborate in a really powerful way. And so we want to really embrace your strengths because your strengths you might think are, oh, that's easy for me. I want to work out what's hard for me. Well, wait a minute. They're easy for you because you were designed to do that. So not everybody has that ease with your, with your passions, with your strengths. Embrace mm-hmm. them and value them. Yeah. And that's, um, it's interesting that those are two of the words that you picked out. 
There are also two of the words um, that are included in my best-selling book, <laughs> Words, Women, and Wisdom, The Modern Art ah. of Confident Conversations. And that, that word just, there was actually an article, I talked to the author, who's actually another coach, um, Ellen Petrie-Lenz. She published an article in Huffington Post about using that word just. And what what surprised her about it was when the article ran, how many how many readers and listeners literally wrote into her right away about the impact of removing that word just from their vocabulary. So in my book, I have 40 different words and word concepts to eliminate (laughs) or to (laughs) add for women to elevate their confidence. And then there's even a chapter at the end when no words are even required. So that's about body language, presence, how we show our wisdom through our questions, um, our ability to um, be the leader because of the position of our bodies and how we show up and make decisions. It's all kinds of extra things. So I totally endorse those two. Sorry and oh, just. If you only good. take those two words out, ladies, that will be a big step forward. And what about, um, what about contributions that you feel that women are uniquely making currently, which are supporting and demonstrating that they are clearly excellent leaders, especially during this pandemic. Absolutely. Well, you could see it all over from our political arena to corporate arenas, to beautiful books that women are writing. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of Cheryl. Oh, my gosh, her last name just escaped me. Um, but, I mean, we've got so many powerful women leaders. And, the little girls, how we talk to our daughters, how we talk to our granddaughters, it's so important to have them. Um, I have to give you this example. I was reading a little kid's book to my little grandkid, and it was an old book that I don't know what it, was, it must have come from somewhere. It was an old book, and it had four super, or it had the superheroes, and it showed four little kids under a, a tree. And three boys and a girl. And the one boy said, I'm going to be a firefighter and save lives. And one said, I'm going to be a policeman and keep people safe. And one said, I'm going to be a doctor and take care of everybody. And then the girl gets up and says, I'm going to be a good neighbor. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So as I'm reading the book, I changed it. I said, and the little girl stood up and said, I'm going to be a leader and lead companies. (laughs) I just had to do it. (laughs) I could not believe. But that's probably a book from the 50s that was, you know, passed along. I have a big pile from somewhere that someone gave me. And, you know, those messages, we've got to stop giving our children and ourselves the message that women are less or that they are supposed to be the good neighbor, the friendly one that appreciates all of the hard workers. We are hard workers. And we bring our feminine selves to that. We don't have to be men doing the job and deny our femininity. That's power, our femininity. So that's where collaboration and connection come from. Absolutely. And I think that as leaders, you know, there definitely was a tendency um, to be a male leader, command and control style of leadership. And that doesn't work with today's younger generations. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for authenticity, compassion. Um, they're also looking for clear direction, but they also want to know the person is human. So bringing that um, that vulnerability um, in my line of work, the emotional intelligence is a piece mm-hmm. where... Um, you know, when I first started working with emotional intelligence 
um, assessments, a lot of times I would get a raised eyebrow if I was working with a, a team from, from some of the male leaders. And mm-hmm. I think that there has definitely been a, a shift to acknowledging, especially during COVID, that my team needs me to show up as a compassionate leader. So it's time to step into understanding more about our emotional intelligence. And we really will benefit as leaders by keeping those employees engaged, as you shared, which is going to keep our customers engaged. So it has a massive ripple-down effect. So, so important. I'm glad that we had an opportunity to put that in the spotlight today. Any other final thoughts, Marilyn, around this whole topic of how can you elevate, how can you elevate your revenues right now with some of the tips that you've shared today? Well, if you're a corporate leader. here's what I want to say about that, and it's going to dovetail both that question and the one about women, and that's we all need mentors. And mm-hmm. men have always had men, men mentor them up. And sometimes the top leader men don't want to mentor young women because it looks like they're dating or they're being inappropriate. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a lack there in mentorship. So we as women need to mentor each other. And whether you're a man or a woman, you can only go so far with what you currently know. So look to others to mentor you on emotional intelligence or growth mindset or processes to grow your business or, you know, if you need artificial intelligence, those AI or those type of things. Look to who are the experts in this? Who can I learn from? How can I grow? And it's not enough to read books. You grow when people who know you support your growth. So you need communities. The lone mm-hmm. wolf doesn't survive as well as the pack. Exactly. Yes, that old African proverb, to go fast, go alone, to go far, go with others. And certainly, you know, you and I have talked quite a bit today about more of a corporate kind of focus, whether you're a small corporation or a, a bigger one, as opposed to solo that may be listening. Um, I think that that mentoring topic is so important. It's one reason that I chaired the mentorship program for the Business and Professional Women's Club here in Calgary and spoke about mentorship and the, the value of it at their international conference in 2016. But I also think the other thing that you've mentioned about being worried of how that's perceived, there is an easy fix for that. If we have female mentors but male sponsors, because mostly mm. the sponsor, mo- mostly the senior leadership teams still in, in organizations are you know, typically 75% men. So if we have a male sponsor and we actually have a three-way conversation where the, mon- the mentor, the protege, and the sponsor all meet together to explore where is the biggest growth opportunity, where is the future succession plan going to help lead this person to further growth, to stay with the organization, that's the key piece today, key. Mm -hmm. Thanks for bringing that forward. So I know that you had a couple of gifts that you wanted to give out. So uh, one was um, a white paper and then there was a tip sheet. Do you want to just speak to those for a second? Sure. The white paper is specific around your customer service culture and how you can shift your mindset to get better results with your internal staff and external customers. So that's a great white paper that you can just grab. I don't even make you give me your email address. You just grab it at that link. If you want my email 
Um, if you want my newsletter, you can sign up for it, but I'm not making you do it. And then the <laughs> other one has to do with virtual. I spend all my time these days on Zoom, on virtual meetings. And so this gives you the how to before, during, and after a meeting or an event so that you keep things from being boring, fatiguing people, having them dread getting on camera. It gives you the how-to to be engaging. Mm, that sounds a really interesting one, too. I'm going to be downloading those. So where do I access those? For anybody who's listening, um, they're not looking at the replay for the, for the actual link in a printout. Do they get those from your website? They can go to MarilynSubtle.com backslash bonus dash gift. So Marilyn, without that link, they are going to be able to get it. So <laughs> they have to take. Okay, it. so Marilyn Subtle S U T T L E dot com backslash bonus backslash gift. No, bonus dash gift. Bonus dash gift. Okay, great. Yes. So thank you for being clear with that. I also want to extend a gift. Um, you've heard me talking about my my best-selling book, and if you're a female leader on the line, um, curious about words, women, and wisdom, the webinar of Confident Conversations, you can actually go to my website and download currently a three-chapter excerpt of that. So it's the first two chapters plus the final one, which is when no words are even required. And that is at wordswomenandwisdom.com. And the and is, is spelled out, A-N-D, it's not an ampersand, wordswomenandwisdom.com. Click on the red button on the left, and then you'll be invited to join the Women and Wisdom VIP community and receive uh, that three-chapter download as a gift from me. If you're listening and you're curious about this topic of personality science and you'd like to take an assessment um, for Marilyn's guests, I'm certainly happy to provide a link for that. You can actually text me. You can text me the word code, C-O-D-E, because it's about cracking your code. And the number is 403-668-9279. So again, that's the word code. If you text it, C-O-D-E to 403-668-9279. So, Marilyn, I want to thank you for sharing your wisdom today. This has been a really interesting conversation. I'm so glad that we recently reconnected and you're able to bring to light this important topic of how to manage through the pandemic, how to lead through the pandemic so that we are really showcasing some great customer retention, especially through employee retention practices. So thank you for sharing your wisdom today. Well, thank you for having me, and I love what you're up to in this world and how you're supporting businesses and people and women. Uh, That code that you gave everyone, get that code and do it. I just did it the other day, and it's brilliant. Thank you. (laughs) All right, well, I will let you go. Have a beautiful afternoon, and thank you, everyone, for listening, and I hope you're taking away some real gold wisdom gems and nuggets. Um, Bye for now, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another show.